0: All right, let's get started. Hopefully this is a little bit more fun, and if you guys want to make this interactive, let's do it, right? This is pretty informal. Um, I'm Brad Hollister, CEO of Swanleap. Thank you guys for coming to this session. Um, Hopefully you find some takeaways, and I encourage all of you to reach out just across the aisle after the show with any questions or additional um, points you'd like to discuss. So thank you to MHI and Modex for putting on such a, a great venue. Um, You know, I think we're all in the same boat in this industry right now, trying to sift through all of these crazy things we see at this trade show, all the things we read, but we all know what's really happening at home. We're running AS400s, Excel spreadsheets, and that's really what's happening. Raise your hand if you want to reduce costs. Of course, we all want that, right? We all wanna have happy customers. We all want it, regardless of what aspect of the supply chain, you know, where your role is. And we all wanna eliminate headaches. The question is, how do we walk to that, get to that? Whether we're a shipper, a carrier, or a freight broker, we all want the same things. To walk into the promised land of just business zen, right? Happy customers, low costs, No headaches. The problem is how? right? That's the challenge. That's why we're all here at MODEX today. There's so many different words out there that we have to sift through and it's hard to know what's the right technology for your organization. What do you do next? It's not easy. No one has the answers and us as providers of technology or, or others in this space, we can't even agree on what these words mean. So how are you guys supposed to make a decision on what's best for your company? I don't envy you. But maybe we'll have some fun with this today. When we started in this industry in 2000, um, really 2012, we were shocked to learn this industry still works on Excel spreadsheets and static business logic. I knew there had to be a better way. So I did what any entrepreneur would do, and of course, I'm looking for the most brightest guy in the world to program my dream, and I turned to Craigslist. Right, that's a joke, that's not a joke, but it's funny, right? Because like, what could go wrong? Well, everything could go wrong, but I got really lucky. I found the guy that, the first programmer I ever met, that would program someone else's code. Most are way too proud to do that, but Jason, he's a mad scientist, right? And he was able to write the lyrics to my music of what I know the industry had to do. It's really shocking where we are as an industry today when we know that AI and all these buzzwords are really the talk of what you guys are going to be charted with and held accountable to performing within your companies, but yet we can't agree on what they are. Imagine we're sitting in these presentations and you don't know exactly what they were saying, but it's like seeing that person in the hallway at work that you've been saying hi to for a year and you're too embarrassed to ask their name this far in. right? It's the same as going through these presentations going, you know, I really don't know what that means. And so the big takeaway here, guys, today is it's okay to ask, right? Because I think the more people that you ask, the more answers you're gonna get. And for any one person here to define what this initiative is or what this buzzword means, I think it's really short-sighted, right? We all need to like start to come together on what these terms mean so we can actually create forward motion and and action from those words. So today we're going to play buzzword bingo. We're going to have a little fun with this. We're going to throw some words out, talk about them. Look for them on your card. There's a prize at the end. Think of it like a drinking game, but there's no hangover at the end. Okay, So let's get started. Start marking these words off. So from now on, whenever I say anything from next gen to AI, mark it off on your card. Raise your hand when you get bingo. Let's talk about artificial intelligence. It's kind of funny, right? Based on my intro, we start talking about AI all over the place, but you have to have intelligence before you can have artificial intelligence and most of us aren't even there. So hyperreality, I don't know, maybe table this one, right? Maybe we're kind of in the middle. How many of you have ever used a routing guide for your freight? Yeah, so you know like hey, anything going from to Los Angeles, that's this much weight, this this type of class is going to go with carrier A. So I go over here. <laughs> so think about that. You have to make it send it. Your your vendor or your customer has to print it, read it, and somebody has to enforce it and implement it. It's a mess. Shouldn't that be a problem that artificial intelligence can solve? Like right now to determine how you ship something across the country should not be a rule that you set in place today for six months from now, 12 months from now, two years from now. As soon as the ink's dry, the rule is probably not even valid. Think about where we're going on this space, right? Like think about what should happen. We should know we have this pile of stuff that needs to get over there, and there's a lot of options. Should we break it up and do multiple hundred-weight parcel shipments? Or should we do consolidate LTLs in a multi-stop truckload? I haven't seen a routing guide sophisticated enough to address those types of issues, but certainly AI can handle that, right? taking the data and considering tens of thousands of potential options to ship that thing, the pile of stuff, right the widgets, is really the job of what big data should do, what AI should do to connect with all of the providers and see all the possible options. Imagine this 250-pound shipment going to Miami, being routed right now, with this carrier, every time. Now, are we doing light bulbs, feathers, weights? What are we doing? It's a big difference, right? Because are we talking four pallets? We're talking two pallets. Is the truck empty? Do we find an empty truck that this could go on, or are we trying to just ship this as a single LTL? And you know what, really, it's the end of the month. I just want to get this thing off my dock. That's probably more common than we'd all like to believe as forward thinkers here in this uh, trade show but it's a real problem, right? Because we start to look at this small change and small improvement to your supply chain starts to have greater impact because now you suddenly have results that can be built on and executives are taking notice and now you can build on the next set of improvements on a journey toward uh, digitalization, not simply like one project and done, right? It's a series of small projects. So start thinking about all the characteristics that need to be taken into account. Do you think we can write a routing guide that's responsible from a cost and a service perspective? I challenge to say it's impossible. Is that hyper-reality? I think that's reality. right? I mean, I think we're there as an industry that that should happen. That should be the way it works. Blockchain. We love this one, right? I haven't heard much about blockchain this week yet. I'm wondering if people are realizing we're so far from standardized ledger as a world that maybe we should look at other projects first. This is to me, and everybody has a different definition, to me blockchain is a standardized ledger in agreed format of data that we can all contribute to and access. The best practical application I can give you that I understand in blockchain and again we all have different definitions I think. Is imagine you're ordering a salad at a restaurant. The the restaurateur and you as a consumer should want to know where did that produce come from? How long has it been there? From seed to fertilizer, we need to know everything about that. That's the Mecca and the dream that is that is blockchain. Imagine though those tomatoes being bad, which is what we see almost on a in the summertime in our country. It seems like on a monthly basis. Here's the latest crisis on food. We won't even mention the other thing, okay? This is the latest crisis on food right now. We're having a huge onion recall, lettuce recall, tomato recall. Why? How can we recall all this food when really we know there was a, probably a breakdown? At one place or another blockchain could fix that so is it likely that maybe tomatoes were loaded on the floor of a truck that was just hauling beef and now ten people got sick unfortunately from a truckload of tomatoes now entire farm is decimated or region of the country decimated I mean that's to me an applicable uh, or a, a logical application of blockchain and where we're going but Again, where are we today? Hyper-reality. I think we got a lot of work to do. I don't want to write this off as hype, but I think we got a lot of work to do before we can get to this as a reality. I mean, at this point, most of us know we can't even agree on EDI standards between carriers, between suppliers. I mean, it was EDI was really designed to be the blockchain of continuity of information, and everyone changes it and customizes it, so... It's almost, you know, worthless and, you know, very painful to set up, as we all know. Oh, sorry, guys. So, um, do we have any freight forwarders in the room? No? No, you guys aren't freight forwarders? I mean, think about the freight forwarder industry, right? We have all these goods coming in. I think it's easy to say that every freight forwarder has a dream of knowing where every container is in their network at any given time. There's lots of companies working on that, lots. The challenge is which one's right for you? Which technology is right for you as a freight forwarder? Which, which technology is right for you as a shipper? It's difficult. And I challenge even further. If you had that information, what would you change in your company? The answer for a lot of us is nothing. We don't have the inability to change because we're stuck in a legacy infrastructure or a legacy decision-making process. So if I find out a truck is late, what do I do? I mean, call someone? I can't really change much about the behavior. I can't intercept that load without a very manual intervention. So maybe that's not the place to start for if you're in that position, right? And that's really the goal of this is to think differently about, don't get so caught up in that one, or two, that one term or this term, more about reflect on your own company and, and opportunities that you see. Control tower. We love this one, right? Control tower. Does anybody, does anybody know what a control tower is? I mean, I think it's, it's got different meanings to everybody. I mean, think about supply chain. Walking around this room, supply chain means something totally different than somebody else. To me, it means shipping. I know it's bigger than that, but I don't know anything else than that, right? That's all I know. And most of us are on that boat. Control tower means maybe Having global visibility and everything in your in your company. Maybe. But to some people, it could mean something different, right? It could mean complete automation and getting people out of the process. To other other people, it could mean essentially having a room of college kids calling to find out where shipments are. Is that control tower? Some people are gonna define it as that, and that's okay. Disruption, we love this one, right? I just said disruption, mark it down in your cards, guys. We want to think about disruption, but I challenge to think about it differently. It's tough to disrupt something that's moving quickly. Are companies really disrupting? Or are legacy companies digging in and failing to change with the times? Maybe it's a combination. But think about Toys R Us and, and Sears. Was Sears disrupted? You can be argued yes, it can be argued no. But if they had been changing with the times, and the, I mean McDonald's is doing a lot right now to truly change, and, and I, I'm sure they're nervous, right? There's a changing demographic in in their market. But are they being disrupted by Mod Pizza, where I can go make my own pizza? I don't think so. I think McDonald's is staying, is trying to stay relevant, adding healthier menu items, and staying ahead of it. Our industry is moving quick, and I think the one thing that's clear is we have to do something. It's, we don't have to do the perfect thing. We have to do something that has incremental value to our companies, right? We have to have a win. We have to think about this in smaller bites and not saying, we need the perfect system that we buy right out of the gate, or the perfect new initiative, whatever that is, or the perfect process change. It's important that we elicit from our suppliers and our customers where they perceive the opportunity be to improve for ourselves, right? We need to communicate those things so that as we make changes, we're not making changes despite ourselves, right? We're not making changes simply to make changes. We're making changes to drive more value to our brand and prevent ourselves from falling by the wayside like so many companies have that have been um, afraid to change question is, how? It's a tough question. It's why we're here. We could look up into the cloud and just move our stuff to the cloud haphazardly, even though we're not ready for it. And we could decide that all of a sudden now we're a big data analytics company. Could do that. Or we could just go and buy from the biggest booth here, because they're probably good. Or who does our competitors use? or which companies in the well-funded graph that is being recommended by a research firm that I buy. That wouldn't be my suggestion, but that's the way those three strategies seem to be what a lot of companies do. Don't be fooled. Think about supply chain as historically. Get the stuff out the door, and we're done. Shipping's just a cost of doing business, and Let's get it out the door at the end of the month. But I challenge you to think differently. I think shipping has historically been a, an event that happened to get it out the door. But now think about getting into the world and walking slowly to a world of complete connectivity and visibility. We need to know what's happening outside of our four walls before it happens, before it gets to our facility, and now we have to deal with it, right? Is the, are the raw materials late? It was the product compromised? You know, on the way in, we need to have that visibility, right? Um, it was the ice cream sitting in Nevada for an extra four hours? I can tell you that's detrimental. I mean, ice cream's got to be 20 below zero, which is almost impossible to keep on a truck 20 below zero, in, especially going through a desert. So now it's back up to the temperature. They check it, but if we didn't have that visibility, is that you know, do we accept that load or not? Right? And going out, it used to be get it out the door, according to our routing guide, according to our table of how we do typically do things. But now I, th- I would argue that's where the problems begin. That's, that's what separates you from your company, or your competition I mean, your company from your competition, is you can provide that service to your customers, even automated of, hey, it went out. We have that feeling when we buy online, but we don't, that doesn't exist in B2B, not yet. Maybe by next year in Atlanta, the next two years in Atlanta, we'll be there. But we have to think differently about the shipping aspect of supply chain. And again, I confess, it's all I know. There's other areas, but I hope some of this information applies to those other areas as well. You have to understand what your problems are and what your objectives are. Because there's so many different messages. Don't be fooled into thinking that you need something, again, because... There's a really big booth telling you that this is coming. I joke about the ice cream of the future. Remember the the little dots, the little ice cream dots? They branded themselves the ice cream of the future. Well, it never came. And I feel like a lot of the things, the messages we receive right now in the industry are in the same boat. Do you understand your challenges before you start or is there more underneath? I mean, are maybe the the policies and the rules that you have in place that sales is creating, that purchasing is creating, allowing vendors to ship on, you know, free freight, are those killing you? Until you start to identify meaningful improvements and objectives within your company, it's not always clear what's underneath. So before you get started here, I think it's important to identify, take a hard look in the mirror, right? at your own company and find out what are your own obstacles before you make a change. Because to us as providers, this is often a surprise to us, right? We could show this amazing utopia where everything's perfect and yet somebody that brought in the previous solution doesn't like this. Or maybe there's more that you don't know so it's important to identify potential risks and obstacles within your own organization that could make the project or the initiative you're sponsoring a failure. Is it a person? Is it a customer expectation? Is it all of the above? Is it, you know, maybe the environment, the culture? There's a lot of things to be considered that you need to know. I mean, we can't even get to industry 4.0 until we start to collaborate all the departments within our company together. Accounting needs to be involved. Shipping needs to be involved. Shipping needs to be involved in sales calls, and not necessarily sales calls, but sales um, policies and customer service, and it, it, it's, it literally goes off. You got it? <laughs> okay, we got a bingo. We got a bingo. So uh, really fast, the bingo prize is the fast pass to the headshot. Uh, so I'll, I'll put this here for you if you don't mind. Is that OK? All right, thank you. Or I'll, I'll get it to you afterward if it's OK. Um, <clears throat> so think about this. Imagine you're trying to say, I want data in my company. I want to initiate a, a, a new initiative to get freight payment audit in our company so we can at least get our hands around the data. But now, it, it's a good thing for your company But now the the CFO's upset because he loses 18 people in his department and he he or she wasn't involved in the decision to do this. Now, do you think you have a winning project on your hands to to switch over to an external auditor? Definitely not. Or maybe the customer service department wasn't involved in the decisions to automate these messages and status updates to, to the customers. Suddenly they're going. Why do we need a customer service department if customer service is nearly automated? They're not gonna be the biggest supporter of this new thing. And so you have to embrace all the stakeholders in order to get a project um, through the company and, and see results in a, in a successful launch. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I think it's important to identify who's gonna be impacted the most. Are people, is there a perception there's extra work because of this thing? Oftentimes, yes. So it's important that we're getting feedback and showing people what it means to them. Oftentimes, people wanna think it's their idea. And that's, it's unfortunate that that's, we have to balance those feelings, but it's a real risk to innovation within your company. Right, we have to get embraced across multiple aisles, if you will. Think about the future of your company the future of your supply chain. It's no longer a shipping function. It's about connecting, centrally, information about suppliers, your carriers bringing things in. How is purchasing evaluating your partners? Are your suppliers shipping multiple shipments to you because they refuse to stock enough product for you? That happens every day. I think we all agree to that. Um, How is operations, Performing. Do they need that much raw material or can we take staggered delivery? Are the sales policies we have in place hurting us? Maybe free shipping under our business because of where we're located and the product we're shipping should be $75, not $50. Let our competitors take the loss on that and show more value to our customers. right? Like Maybe that's a bigger conversation that marketing and sales need to get in once they have data and once they're collectively moving in the same direction. Shipping clearly needs to be involved in some of these decisions, but again, customer service and finance, I used those examples before, could completely lampoon any new initiative here to reach that new project initiative, right? So you'd think by picking up the magazines and walking around the show that we're living in the world of the Jetsons. And that's okay. We're confused too. I read these words and I th- in some of these magazines and I think, I thought it meant something different. I mean, the challenges that we have as providers are the same that you have. And I think that our strategy and the strategy that I would give to you is have a lot of conversations because you don't have to have the right answers. You don't, there isn't a right answer. You just have to know what this new thing is gonna do for you in terms of hard, measurable improvement. That's all the CFO and the controllers want to know. And that's what helps you to start to build momentum for not only your professional brand within your company, but for your department. When you start to have micro wins and base hits, that's what's going to allow you to reach greater potential. We see a world where this starts to become automated. we're surprised that companies continue to do business the way they do, but but it's okay. We need to have those mic, um, microscopic wins along the way. We're on the right track with this automation at Swanleap. Again, our booth is right across the hall. You know, we're the fast-growing company in North America on the Deloitte 5,000 or Fast 500, excuse me, in 2018, and, and the Inc. 5,000 in, in 2018. We're doing this by listening to our customers about real problems they have and not making the perfect solution but building those incremental wins. The biggest challenge we see, I think we're all guilty of this, not just professionally with projects, but in our own life, right? This morning, getting up to work out, yeah, but I got a speech at 12.30, right? We're we're all guilty of the yeah, buts. And I challenge you to leave this room thinking about not just supply chain projects But your own your other professional projects and your personal life differently. It's not yeah, but it's what if, right? We can't say, yeah, but my company's doing an ERP implementation, so we'll come back to this. Yeah, but our company's special. The yeah buts are never gonna end. It takes courage to stand up and start to embrace the other providers within, or excuse me, the other stakeholders within your company, so that you can get a meaningful project that. Is collaborate across the company. So, again, what do these words mean? Who knows? Who cares? They're buzzwords. They're meant to sell prescriptions to get you to Atlanta for Modex. But I think they can be powerful when they're used correctly. And when you start to understand, when you have that conversation with someone, what does it mean to that provider? then start to build build that plan for your company, that roadmap, and align yourselves with the providers that you felt most closely resemble the vision that you've laid out. So my my suggestions going forward as a result of this this, uh, little discussion here are that you have to define the problem and the objectives you're looking to accomplish. You have to build buy-in across departments in your company. And then you have to go. It's not going to be perfect. The goal of the next project you do should be to replace what you had. Then you can build on that. So imagine you're going to get a WMS, you're going to get an ERP, you're going to get a whatever MS's are out there in this room, right? The goal of that thing at launch should be to replicate what you did on the Friday before because now you've just replaced the foundation and you can build on that. And and you've given yourself the ability to be flexible and grow and improve. I tell my team every day that I'll be dead in, in three months from now, in 90 days, I'll be dead. I hope it's not true, but the point is, I don't feel we have time to wait on anything, right? If we didn't take that approach to executing today, we would be dead and we could see it. There'll be some logos in this room that won't be here next, year, next time, next time we come to Atlanta, for sure. Because we have to execute today, all of us. And that applies to our professional world, in you know, our lives, but also our personal lives. We don't have time to wait. So I encourage you to get started in whatever journey it is that you're setting out to do. So don't go before you know. But once you know, go. The clock is ticking, guys. Thank you.